And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma. You've got to make do with just the two of us for one more episode, at least uh, Mooney's out on vacation. And we are going to talk Cubs in New York, Cubs in Toronto, and uh, what comes thereafter. So let's start with that New York series, which uh, hopefully with the off day yesterday, folks got the bitter taste out of their mouth as the Cubs did drop two of three to the Mets, which, you know, broadly speaking, I understand that that people get frustrated by that because it's a Mets team that was coming into the series, I think losing seven in a row post-trade deadline for obvious reasons. They've, um, you know, individual players still want to do well, but, you know, there, there's a vibe change when a team sells off and they your, your organization has told you we don't really care about winning this year. And so, Losses do tend to stack up after that. So it's I it is understandably frustrating for the Cubs not to take advantage of that. Um, I think the things I would say are keep in mind the Cubs did just take two of three from the Braves beforehand, which maybe you would say, well, then how the hell did they lose to the Mets? I would say, well, you know, that happens, but that it's good that they did. Right. So that they have a little bit of an extra hedge for some series that they'll inevitably lose and they shouldn't lose. But that's baseball. The other thing I would note is that was the end of a 16 games in 16 days stretch where the Cubs had to end it going to another city. I mean, that's that's hard. That's just hard on the human body. It's hard physically. And I think you could see some tiredness um, from some guys. And I think that it also manifested in bullpen usage. And uh, I think this this day off today get through the Toronto series. And then I think the Cubs will have a nice reset after that. that that'd be my gut feel on that. So, uh, Sadev, if you want to say anything broadly on that, and then I wanted to gauge you a little bit on the, the season, f- uh, the series finale loss, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. I mean, the, I think bullpen decisions were really heavily weighed, uh, over the past few days. And, and there were guys that were down that, uh, wasn't public knowledge. There were, there were guys that were probably, needed to be down and still ended up being used in close games uh, in different situations. So it, there may have been, I, I always, I think when people criticize Ross's bullpen decisions, it's 99% of the time it's either because people just love seeing the best guy used in every moment 
or they just don't realize someone needs to be down or someone just isn't available outside of emergency situations, things like that. Bullpen decisions, I think. I, I can understand criticism of certain things, and we can get into that, but the bullpen decisions, usually it's because of a lack of information uh, that he that, that Ross is kind of doesn't love to even give to us. Some managers will give, uh, give that to the media as well uh, on like a background sense, and Ross just does, doesn't love doing that. Uh, it, it's become pretty clear in his tenure that he doesn't like talking about any of that stuff publicly, but the, but he kind of gives the broad details about uh, what's Wait going on in the bullpen. <laughs> you mean you mean these guys aren't always available off the bench <laughs> when a guy's leg snaps in half and then the next day, well, you know, we, we're going to see. We might have him available off the bench. You're saying that that's just gamesmanship and managerial speak? Come on now. I think he's literally said... They're always available off the bench, <laughs> like he, <laughs> as far as you know. He, he said stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean, something like that. So the bullpen decisions I get nitpicking when when fans do that, but I would largely say that uh, that there there's much more information that we don't have uh, with with those moves. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, it's one of those series that I look at and say, all right. You know, you don't want to lose that series, but series like that happen. And also just take care of business going forward, right? Because you don't want to look back and say, oh, well, if that one game uh, had gone their way, we'd be thinking about things differently. Uh, you just don't want to do that. Like I said months ago about that Marlins and and uh, Nationals uh, road trip, you just don't want to look back and say, uh, what could have been so take care of business going forward and you can kind of erase that uh bad series and and we can kind of i know you want to talk about that final game brett so let's just jump right into it well yeah i was just gonna say uh to close the loop on the bigger picture stuff right now you're able to look at the that national series that lot that dropped three or four and that the marlin series in that same road trip and you can say that galvanized them. It was actually good that they lost the sort of bad games and close games because that's what sort of set the stage for them to be like, okay, here's what we need to do. Just like that, the sweep in Anaheim. It's like, you know, they, oh, we got to have a team meeting. We got to do, you know, you can you can tell yourself that. With this Mets one, I don't know. I don't know if there's a story we can tell. Um, no, but I did just want to comment on the last game because, you know, this a series is not a one thing it's made up of several games that are sort of interrelated but sort of not and i think you know you look at the series and you had the 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 rainy weird blowout to open it with drew smiley and that that has preceded a decision to remove him at least for now from the rotation so you kind of set that game aside cubs obviously had a nice little comeback in the second game held on and won it good job and then this third game which was the swing game and you know there are 10 things you could point to in virtually any one run loss and say, well, it was because of this. Well, it was because of this, but it was because of this, by the way, the, the home plate umpire was, it was a plus one run differential for the, the Mets. They won by a run. So like, you don't even necessarily have, if, if you want to be a Homer fan, you don't got to rip anything. The Cubs did. You can just say, well, the umpire screwed, uh, screwed the Cubs. Uh, for me, you know, two things really stood out other than just sort of player performance stuff, which say Suzuki had a huge game which was great to see. You know, he finally got a chance to start after the head clear. He was very aggressive at the plate. Loved to see it. He was attacking. 
Um, just just a good game. Love to see that. I think we'll probably still see a process unfold for his reincorporation into the lineup and still trying to get some other guys in there regularly. But that was good to see. But point there being, he was really the only guy who had a good game. You know, it was just sort of an off night for the offense on the whole. So it becomes a one run loss. But if the Cubs put up a 10 spot, you, you don't even notice these decisions, you know, that David Ross made. The two that stood out that I at least wanted to comment on, one, you you made the good point that uh, that I was going to say, which is that because we don't know who's down in the bullpen and you don't know what – we don't always know what David Ross has actually available to work with, I'm less inclined to really hammer him on the decision to bring in Hayden Wisniewski when he did. Um, but uh, – because you, you need to cover those bulk innings. Wisniewski's been good in that long relief role. Totally get it. Totally get it. The big but for me, though, is even if that had gone right, you know that he's facing five of six batters that are going to be batting lefty against him. That is not setting him up for success or setting yourselves up for success, especially when we later learned, based on who came in, there were there were arms available to cover the rest of that game without Wisniewski, or you could have saved him for the little stretch of the lineup where it was like three righties. I just didn't love that. That didn't feel, you know, I understood it. He's, she's trying to get through that game without using some of those other guys. I get it. But you're kind of managing like the playoffs right now, and, and there is an off day coming. You know, Quas was available. Lighter was available. Uh, I forget who else covered an inning was available. Merriweather threw a couple um, pitches. Uh, Merriweather. But, yeah. you know, I was surprised and I he agree, came in, but. I agree with what you're saying. I said it at the time. Like, I – and I – I first guessed both the moves we're going to question here because I, I just didn't love either of them in those situations. But with with the bullpen one, I was just like, okay, he like Ross knows that Wisniewski's issues are with lefties. He's very aware of these things. He But it, it was pretty clear to me that he was like, I need two innings from him and I need them now. I know this isn't ideal, but these aren't the greatest lefties in the world. These are a bunch of lefties that are struggling. We need him to step up right now and get this done. Uh, and he did, you know, maybe now that we have a little bit more information with Quas, he would have just gone with Quas right away. He's, that trust is building. I don't think that trust is what, like, I don't know if the, that inning and two thirds or whatever Quas threw has given uh, Ross even more trust now. And, and he'll, he'll say he'll go to him against those lefties. But the reality is he has no one to get those lefties out in his bullpen outside of Leiter. And I think Leiter did throw, and thankfully he was uh, really efficient uh, and kept them in that game. But I'm not sure if he wanted to go to Leiter in that game. I think he was trying to avoid him uh, for the most part. Uh, So, yeah, I, I, I agree with your criticism of when he used him. I think it was just like... I mean, we talked to Hadovy before the game, and he said, we're going to need Wisniewski to bridge some innings. Uh, Ross said, like, I asked him after Monday's game, you know, no high leverage guys yesterday. Does that kind of reset things, or are you just kind of holding your breath till, till Thursday? And he didn't hesitate. That, that We really need to get to Thursday, is what he said. And, and there was no hedging there it's like oh it helps to have have a day off I think guys are just beat and they're willing to give him whatever they can but they also just really need a day to reset and and not 
warm up, not think about pitching, anything. Just have a day off and and get get themselves right because that was a tough stretch where the bullpen threw like what 16 games, nearly like 60 innings of bullpen usage. It was it was a lot of work. I mean, you had short starts, you had bullpen starts, you, you had uh, a lot going on there, and and a lot of you know, uh, and it was the stretch that got them back into the race. So it was really high leverage and intense. So um, we just have all to fair. keep that in mind. Yeah, all fair. I mean, when you're doing 16 and 16, it's going to be tough on your bullpen anyway. But the Cubs had Stroman out during that time. They had Smiley going short during that time. I mean, there was a lot that made it even harder and um, oh, and Ben Brown getting injured. So they couldn't even bring him up to eat some, they had the stupid rain coming. So Killian couldn't eat multiple. There, Yes. It's like we, two things are true, right? It's like, I totally understand the thinking behind it. Just, it was bad matchups. And so I, I sort of, I don't know. A lot of people were hammering Wisniewski for it. And yeah, he still needs to make his, make his pitches and get his outs. And he missed his spots on those badly. Like, he got hit hard because he missed his spots badly, but I don't know. Didn't didn't feel like a great spot for him. Uh, the other one, I think you and I are on the same page because I read your write up on this and I agreed with you wholeheartedly. In the ninth, first two reach, Cubs are down one. Miguel Amaya is coming up, and David Ross opts to pinch hit with Nick Madrigal. You know, I got mixed feelings on that. I think if your biggest concern is avoiding a double play, well then just let Amaya hit. Because he's a fly ball guy and he's, you know, he doesn't have great speed, but he's not, he's not as slow as you would think for just like a catcher. He's not this plotting guy. So I don't know that he was this huge double play risk. And so then you pinch hit with Nick Madrigal and you label him a big double play risk. Okay, well then why are you pinch hitting with him in the first place? Which puts you in a bind to say, well, then we had to bunt, had to do a sack bunt. Well, by the way, Madrigal's ground ball rate since he came back from Iowa league average and he's got good speed he right now is not a higher double play risk than any other hitter that's just factually wrong so that that part that part got me a little hot um and then generally speaking i don't love giving away an out which by the way like we always say you're not even guaranteed to succeed when you call for a sack bunt there's like a 30 to 40 percent chance that you fail and things are even worse so you get it right or, or excuse me, you get down the bunt, you move the two guys over, so you're playing for the tie, but the next guy coming up is is striking out 30 to 40% of the time. Like, it, it just, it, the that, that entire thought process, I think, was uh, as, as uh, I don't want to say, like, I, I, again, I'm not, like, flipping tables angry about it, but, like, I think that's some pretty fair criticism there, that there were, there were, mistakes that compounded on each other in in the thinking there yeah i'm i'm generally anti-bunt i'm not someone that's just like i see a bunt and i'm like nope never never do it i i think there are moments especially with the extra inning rule where it makes sense uh i this one uh, like with with all the circumstances involved i i was a pretty heavy no i don't like this move uh you nailed it with the like I saw like uh, Madrigal on deck like kind of getting ready to hit and I was like wonder if he's gonna bunt Madrigal here and then I remembered I was like oh he has Morel leading off I don't like that if he's having Madrigal bunt like I know Morel has a bunch of thump in there I know Morel's been putting up better at bats lately 
I just do not like that risk. Uh, there is just too high of a risk uh, for me to want to see a guy like to give up and out to get a run at a third for Christopher Morrell in that situation. Um, just, just how I feel about it. I like, I am not bunting in that situation and I don't know. I, I wouldn't pinch hit Madrigal there if I'm not bunting, I guess. I, I just, I would have let Amaya hit, um, because I get once you decide to set Madrigal up there, I get it. I get the desire to bunt because I know what you're saying, Brett, he's not hitting the ball on the ground as much. I, it, he still scares me as far as the double play. Like that situation is just, I would, I would still be thinking about the double play and, uh, would not want him hitting in that situation. Uh, you know, unless you absolutely have to, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the decision at the time. It didn't work out. I don't think, I think I still would have said, you know, I don't love the decision. It worked out. I'm not going to overthink it. Right. If it would have worked out, I just wouldn't, it just would have been wouldn't have been something I wrote about at the time because it wouldn't have really mattered, right? If you tie it and and go on to win that game, um, you know, there's a thousand things you could pick apart in that game. Uh, if you do, I looked something up, and I'll probably have a note about it uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, if you do feel like the Cubs have a lot of calls going against them as far as balls being called strikes, uh, the preliminary research I've done. Over the past week or so, is you're right. Yes, there have been a lot of <laughs> uh, like uh, it's you know it, it's it's weird. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way if I can kind of look it up and leverage moments or anything like that. Uh, but I think that may be above my uh, you know above my particular abilities. So, but uh, it's it is interesting. There were there was the um, Hap went from two one to 2-2 instead of 3-1 uh with two on yeah I think it was a 5-2 game on Monday and it would have been bases loaded no outs on a 3-2 count to Nico Nico yeah Yeah. um and then there was at least one other one that I felt was a swing in that series um well there was Patrick Wisdom with two on and he went from Two, it would have been 2-1, and it was 1-2. Okay. And that was yeah. one of the big swings on Wednesday. Yeah. So, I mean, those are and, – and I think – I know Monday ended up 11-2, uh, to two, I want to say. That team was rallying at that point. They were 5 – it was 5-2. to two. <clears throat> They have all the confidence in the world right now that they can beat anybody no matter the score. Um, I know people don't have faith. We can, we can transition to Drew Smiley right now, too. Uh, people don't have faith in Drew Smiley. Those other two runs he gave up, I wouldn't put on Smiley. We talked about this, didn't we? Uh, it, the, the weather got bad, and, and I, I wouldn't put that uh, squarely on him. He shouldn't, you know, he's struggling. He's out of the rotation now for now. I, I mean, I, I think it's the right decision. I, I think we talked about this. He probably shouldn't pitch against Toronto. Uh, they made that decision. I don't. I don't believe this is a he's done in the rotation <clears throat> type situation. It's more, uh, I think they kind of want to see how things work out of the bullpen too. Uh, Hadavi seemed very interested in the idea of, you know, I kind of asked like, but doesn't it, the fact that he's struggling against lefties kind of minimize his value. He's like, I kind of want to see if the mentality changes too. Like, Maybe the pitch usage, like maybe when he's kind of shrinking, like not overthinking things. And I mean, the pitch, the pitch mix won't change because he's got a limited pitch mix in general. But I think he, 
uh, I think a big part of what Hadabi wants him to get away from, and I I'm, I can't remember if I included a lot of this in the piece I wrote about Smiley on Monday night um, or after Monday night's loss, uh, but essentially I think Hadabi really wants Smiley to stop trying to be so fine. Uh, like stop trying to locate everything perfectly. Like the north-south uh, uh, part of his game really works. Like he he can just uh, execute the four, like the fastball up and the and the curveball down, and and don't try and locate it up and in. Don't try and be so fine because that's when mistakes are happening. Uh, just kind of. Uh, it, let loose with your thought process and just kind of say like simplify things go up there executing the pitch instead of like trying to be perfect with the location that's how Hadavi kind of put it we'll see uh, I'm curious to see how it works out of the bullpen maybe maybe shorter bursts will be better for him um, it it could it could end up really helping the team if if he can get his his stuff kind of right and and just work better in one two inning bursts and then Assad's in the rotation with Stroman by I believe Stroman would be ready to pitch Wednesday um if yeah, all I goes think well Wednesday's where it yeah since, because because Assad stepped in I think uh yeah they'll they'll probably do it on Wednesday right so <clears throat> yeah I, I mean I I I don't think this is like something disastrous. I, I it could potentially help the team out. You just want to see Assad give the team innings tonight because you don't want to go right back into that. Oh no, we got to get through the weekend and get back to that off day type situation uh, with the with the bullpen. Uh, so yeah, I I, I mean I, I think we kind of saw this kind of coming. You know, if if Smiley didn't get the job done, and he certainly didn't. Then it was it was clearly uh, time to try and make some changes. We'll see how long this lasts. I think the big main focus was just can't have him face Toronto. I think that was a big focus there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, the nice thing, too, is uh, if tonight's game, Friday, if it were to get out of hand quickly and Assad's night were short, the Cubs now have three bolt guys in the bullpen who could eat up innings if necessary. If if you're really to that point where you're like, okay, this one's a wash. Let's just give everyone else an extra day off. Wisniewski could throw again. Uh, Smiley could throw if you you needed, if you were throwing it away. And of course, uh, Caleb Killian could. Uh, The other thing I would note about this change, and while I don't don't think anyone would argue this is what animated the change, I think we would be remiss if we didn't note that it's kind of a nice byproduct. The Cubs get another look at Assad starting, which obviously he always was a starter. Um, He was moved to the bullpen this year in part because of the flashes he showed in the spring and in the WBC in those bursts. But he hasn't actually been used that way. You know, he's been in long relief, which is obviously more akin to starting. And we have seen in that role, it's not just that he's had success, it's that he's uh, improved missing bats. And, and that's where sort of your biggest question always was with him. It's like, is he going to miss enough bats at the big league level to be a four or five? Um, cause he obviously has enough quality pitches, uh, to succeed in the big leagues. I don't think that was ever a question. It was, is the stuff quite crisp enough? And is the velocity going to play up quite enough for him to miss bats and, and be a capable starter at least two times through the order? He's shown that, you know, increasingly and albeit in a relief role, albeit almost exclusively in very low leverage, but it feels like the stuff has ticked up. It just as I watch him, I feel like I'm seeing a guy that I'm like, huh, I kind of want to really see how that would play as a as a guy getting three, four, five starts. And as I said, that's not what is motivating this change from Smiley. It's not as if it's like, okay, well, Assad's the starter now and Smiley, you're out of the rotation. It's, I think, sort of half, you know, it's a toe in the water that if if the start tonight would look a certain way, not so much results, but like, how is he doing? And you sort of, you take it with the last start and you look ahead to the schedule and you're like, well, maybe we could give him one more. And sometimes this is how it happens. Sometimes you, you sort of got to keep going with a guy because he's showing you something. Players don't just develop in the offseason. You know, they, they, they can take big steps forward during a season as they play. And I think it is a nice byproduct of this decision that we're going to get to see another start from Assad with the potential for another start thereafter. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you, it, I mean, they're competing, right? That's, that's the primary thing you want to care about and focus on. But, uh, I think there is value in, in seeing what else Assad can do. And, and he's certainly been effective out of the bullpen. So uh, I, I think this is a good opportunity for him. A tough lineup that, uh, I mean, have the Blue Jays been doing well? I, I meant to look this up. I know that they, like, I mean, they're record-wise, obviously, they're doing well. But I, I'm not sure if they're, like, hot offensively at the moment. Uh, 
but it's certainly a good challenge, a, a good challenge for Assad. And, and just in general, uh, this is another one of those weekends where kind of like Atlanta, where you want them to you want them to win the series. You want them to come out and not losing any ground in the race. Uh, but also you need to keep in mind what's what's coming. Right. Uh, this this weekend isn't the uh, end-all, be-all of the season for the Cubs. Uh, I believe it is White Sox, Royals, Tigers, Pirates, then end the month with the Brewers. That's the stretch, right? That is the stretch. If we're talking about a week from now, like a missed opportunity or anything like that, or, geez, they just didn't look very good, um, you know, whatever it is, uh you can't you can't be taking days off. Uh, you really need to step on the gas pedal and take care of business after this series. Not saying you need to ignore this series. Still win these games. Try and take two of three, sweep, whatever. Uh, it's all important, but it's not the end of the world. What's happening this weekend? Considering what's happening, and not just what's happening with the Cubs, but I believe uh, Milwaukee's. Uh, uh, Milwaukee's schedule kind of ramps up too, right? As far as difficulty after this weekend, I think both the Milwaukee and Cincinnati have uh, weaker series this this weekend. But after the weekend, uh, their their schedule gets a little tougher. Uh, so you know, it, it's time to take care of business and and really assert themselves in this division. Because I do, I've been saying it even when they were struggling. I just think they're the best team in this division. Uh, they got to go out and continue to prove it on the field. Uh, you don't want to see any let up. You don't want to uh, come out of these next few weeks saying, man, looked so good before the trade deadline and it all kind of collapsed uh, that they need to they need to make sure they they continue to go uh, and and don't let up, especially they, they need to stabilize the pitching. But I, I just want to see that offense kind of. Uh, get back to stepping on their throats uh, you know not that they were bad um, and and these these little hiccups are going to happen where they're not scoring a ton of runs but you just want to see them come through like those big hits happen uh, regularly and and just uh, maybe a couple more like uh, was it Tuesday's win uh, you know nice win but it was two solo homers right uh, you know, l- let's start seeing those two and three round homers again. Again, same thing with, uh, I-, I mean, and we can talk about this uh, ninth inning homer for Saya. Again, a solo homer. Just little things like that. I, I know you can't hit, uh, you can't lead off an inning <laughs> with anything but a solo homer. I was just saying the sequencing of these things. Uh, sometimes uh, you just want to make sure that they they start to put the ball in the seats with men on base uh every now and then uh that would be nice uh and certainly Suzuki's game could be uh a big it, it could be a big moment because these all these guys have been hot for the past like 2 weeks right at some point someone's going to cool off right someone's going to have a bad series like i don't think uh, swanson had a great series right did did he do much or am i forgetting something if he did i didn't notice so that's right. that suggests that he didn't uh, yeah. have a particularly strong series offensively of course i'm speaking of um 
and you know, so you need others to step up on occasion. I'm not saying Swanson's in a huge funk or or there's something wrong or he's going to go in a deep slump. I'm saying he had a you know he didn't do much that series. That means someone else needs to step up. Uh, occasionally, Swanson's going to have an off day. Bellinger's going to have a, a bad weekend every now and then. Whatever it is, that's why you need a deep, talented team. And Suzuki just sitting on the bench and not doing anything or the few chances that he gets doing nothing just isn't it like provides no value to anyone it's a bad situation for the cubs the cubs paid this guy a lot of money to be what he was on wednesday that was a great sign i i think i wrote first time he had two extra base hits in a game since like may 17th uh wouldn't surprise me yeah so i mean just a, a big game for him uh big for the confidence he didn't have much to say after the game so uh, not sure if we're going to get anything out of him as far as how he got through this or mentally what what uh, if he's taking a step forward. But um, certainly just uh, fans can focus on the results and, and hope that, that 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 continues to happen. It's a lot like Smiley insofar as sometimes you just have to make a change, even with a guy on whom you would otherwise be relying and in whom you believe for the future, uh, at these competitive times, you just you have to make a change. But you're not discarding the guy. You just might be rerouting his role a little bit and hoping he can find a way to contribute in the meantime and bounce back to being the guy that you needed him to be in the first place. And that's that's still true with Suzuki. It's it, Whether it happens this year or not, we don't know, can't say on the basis of one game, but... The Cubs are still a much better version of themselves with Suzuki playing well. You know, he would find his way into the lineup if he was right. And similarly with Drew Smiley, if he was right, he would be contributing meaningful innings to the Cubs one way or another. And those things are still important. There are still almost two months left in this season. So it's for as much urgency as there is in making these decisions. It's not like the hour is that late. And Maybe I'll leave it there to wrap with the point that Sahadev made about this weekend series in Toronto. It still matters. It's still important. Every game is still a win or a loss that counts in the standings. But I would just caution fans not to become despondent. You know, whatever happens after the series is not like a, oh, that's the end of the season. Even if, you know, even if the Cubs were to get swept and even if the Brewers were to win their next three and it's like, oh, no, now we're five back or whatever. This is over. No, there's still plenty of time. Think about how much the Cubs made up in a two and a half week span. You know, they made up six games in the division in a two and a half week span. This team is good enough to beat the bad teams that are ahead on their schedule. That's just true. And so um, I will be reminding myself of that, uh, whatever happens this weekend. But hopefully the Cubs are competitive this weekend and win a game or two. And and that doesn't matter. This is on to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That is Sahadev Sharma. You can get his at The Athletic. Uh, the Cubs, as we said, have three in Toronto. And we'll be back at you next week after that. Uh, hopefully after all of us have had a lovely weekend. And that includes you. Hope you have a great weekend. Take care all. Take care all.